Greetings, comrades, and welcome to another episode of Chatter on the Skull. And today, I come to you once again, sick as a dog. I managed to catch some sort of sore throat over the weekend. I believe it's when I took my kid and my wife. We went to an indoor playground here in town. Obviously, indoor playgrounds are a pretty big thing here in Edmonton during the winter. Outdoor playgrounds, not so much fun for the kids to play on this time of year. I took her there, and of course, there's germ-filled kids everywhere running around, and I managed to once again catch something. And while I was thinking of taking the week off, I have the fire in my lungs this week, and I really wanted to talk about what we're going to talk about today. So I've got a nice glass of Neo Citron here. I don't know what's in this crap, but it is incredible. It manages to cure my symptoms by and large for at least three hours. So I'm hoping that I can get this episode done before this medicine wears off and I start to feel like absolute shit. But of course, considering that Neocitrin is a downer, I have to have a carefully constructed program of uppers and downers for this episode to try and make it through. So... Without further ado, let's begin. Smooth. So what's got me all hot and bothered this week? Well, today we're going to continue on some of the themes of the last episode, but we're finally going to be talking about the Tate-ster. But honestly, we're not actually going to talk about Andrew Tate that much in this episode. What is more interesting to me is some of the reactions around this arrest and what some of the people have been saying. It has been, in my opinion, just some of the most extravagant displays of simping that I have ever seen in my entire life. But we'll get into that more so in case you don't know exactly what has happened. I'm sure that most people are probably familiar with this story, but again, I will give a very brief recap as to exactly what's going down. Andrew Tate, social media influencer, red pill guy. To me, he's basically the natural end stop, the natural evolution for where the red pill caricature ends. He is, I think, the most kind of extreme representations of the most aggressive parts of the philosophy. However, the big point here is that he was recently arrested in Romania for a slew of crimes in regards to human trafficking. So, on top of Andrew Tate, his brother was arrested and two other women who were involved in this sort of cabal that he had going. And one of them has been accused of rape. We don't know which one. The Romanian authorities have actually not said which one. And that's one thing that I've seen cause a lot of confusion about this story. Some people are saying it's... Andrew that's accused, it's his brother. Right now, we don't know exactly who the charge is levied against and what is going to happen with that one. But obviously, the big one that everyone is focusing are these charges related to human trafficking. So after these guys were arrested, the Romanian prosecutors asked for a 30-day period, essentially, to gather more evidence. Tate brothers tried to appeal this. They were denied. And then they can be held up to 180 days, which is six months, should the judge deem it appropriate. One of the key things here, though, is that this is very different from how the legal system operates in Canada and the United States. Romania actually doesn't have a bail system. It has this kind of pre-trial hold system. And honestly, this is really bizarre to me. It's, a, it's kind of a bizarre system. 
because here in the United States, here in Canada, what will happen is if someone is arrested for a crime and they are denied bail, they can essentially just be held in custody indefinitely until the trial is held and the matter is concluded. And who does and does not get granted bail is based on a number of different circumstances. So I've been doing a, a lot of reading and research and just seeing what people are saying about this case. And one of the things that has come from a lot of the Tate defenders is they're wondering like, why is he in jail? You know, he's innocent, I don't probably got the, why is he in jail right now? You know, he's got no priors, he shouldn't be held in jail for the trial period. There are a couple of different factors which may decide whether or not someone is going to be held pre-trial. And like I said, in our system, we have a bail system. In Romania, it's different. But I would imagine that whether or not you're going to grant someone the leeway to spend their pre-trial time outside of custody depends on similar factors to what it is here in North America. So what are some of those factors? First off, the severity of the crime. So if someone has been charged with a particularly serious crime, murder, human trafficking, sexual assault, thing of that nature, the state is much more likely to decide that we don't want to risk having you outside of custody just on the off chance that you may actually be a murderer, you may actually be a rapist, so we're going to keep you in custody until we can sort this matter out. Versus, for example, is if you were just charged with a petty theft charge or something like that, you have no priors, even if you do have some priors, you're much more likely to be granted bail, you're much more likely to be granted that freedom. So that's number one. I definitely think that this is in play here for Andrew Tate. He has been charged with serious crimes, which to me says that the state is much less likely to grant him his freedom before the trial. Another reason you may be held in custody pre-trial is actually for defense of yourself. This can happen in circumstances where you may have been involved in some sort of gang politics or something like that, and the state is worried that the gang may try and do some sort of reprisal against you, or maybe your crime has a very particularly heinous or sinister connotation to it, in which the state is worried that there may be a chance of vigilante justice being enacted against you. So in those two circumstances where they feel that the suspect may come under some sort of reprisal from maybe the public at large or organized crime, they will put you into custody just to make sure that you know, you're safe and that they can keep an eye on you, essentially. In Tate's circumstance, I don't think that's the case at all, but this is one of the reasons why someone may be denied bail that I don't think a lot of people really consider, so I just wanted to put it out there. The next reason in which you may not be granted freedom before your trial is in a circumstance where you may be a flight risk. And with Andrew Tate, this has been said ad nauseum and is certainly, I think, a consideration for the Romanian government, which he is a flight risk. The man has numerous passports. The guy brags about being able to go around the world wherever he wants. And if he is able to get out, get on a plane, goes to somewhere that doesn't have an extradition treaty with Romania, essentially he can get off scot-free. The Romanian government isn't going to be able to track him down and charge him for his crimes. And the last reason we'll go over is it's a little bit harder and a little bit less tangible but it is your attitude, it's your personality, and it's your interactions with the legal system and the government at large. If the state doesn't feel like you will actually respect and follow the laws, 
then they're not going to give you the chance to have freedom before trial. Because if you're not going to follow the law to begin with, why would they offer you that opportunity? So a person's demeanor, their actions, what they've said, what they've done, and how they've interacted with law enforcement and the state previously is something which can decide whether or not someone, again, gets that pretrial freedom. Here in Canada, though, that last one is definitely frowned upon by the state. They don't like people making those kind of judgments based upon someone's characteristics like that. However, in the United States, it's much different. They don't give a fuck. They'll go ham wild. And I do think that may have a impact as to why Andrew Tate is being held in custody. So yeah, just because you are held in jail doesn't automatically mean you are guilty. That is not the way it works. That's not the way the legal system works. People are held in custody before their trial all of the time. It's extremely common. Although one of the very interesting things here that's a difference between the way the legal system operates over in North America and in Romania is the fact that there seems to be a deadline in terms of how long you can actually hold somebody pre-trial. And that deadline seems to be about six months. Here, they'll hold you as long as they want. They don't give a fuck. Sometimes people are waiting years and years in a cell before they have their day in court. And if, for example, they go to court and they're found guilty or whatever, they are credited their time that they spent waiting for the trial. So that time gets taken off from their sentence. Anyway, that's enough about that. I just wanted to talk about those kind of things because it seemed like there was a lot of confusion from people out there as to what exactly is going on. So hopefully that can give you guys some sort of insight. Again, the system in Romania is different from North America, but obviously there are some key parallels. And I would imagine that when they're making decisions based on someone's custody status, I'm going to assume that they're going to use a similar criteria to what we do here. Now, when it comes to Tate himself, I do not listen to the guy. I have listened to many red pill people in the past, examined their ideology, studied what they think, what they say. In fact, for me, I became aware of the red pill philosophy, quote unquote, actually from other people face to face talking to me rather than online. So as I mentioned before, I live in a pretty conservative area. And these kind of ideas are bandied about ad nauseum. And Andrew Tate isn't on my roster. Again, I've mentioned before, I have a roster of right-wingers who I follow it and check up on to see what they're saying and what they think. He's not on the roster, and there's a very specific reason as to why. I really struggle to listen to this guy. And the reason is it's kind of personal. When you've spent a lot of time interacting with criminals, talking to criminals, seeing how they think, how they react, you come to sort of develop almost a sixth sense, if you will, as to when, when somebody has that kind of mentality. So whenever I hear somebody or meet somebody that kind of has that mentality, alarm bells are going to start to go off like crazy in my head. And every time I hear Tate speak, those alarm bells are going crazy. So when I heard he was arrested, this surprised me exactly 0%. So I hear a lot of people out there be like, oh, be agnostic, you gotta be agnostic about this situation. I don't need to be agnostic. I'm not the prosecutor, I'm not the judge, I'm not the jury, and all the signs are pointing to him being as guilty as sin. Maybe I'm wrong, 
Maybe he'll get out. Maybe he won't be convicted. But God damn, I would be very surprised. Again, not a betting man, but I would comfortably put money on the fact that yes, he did it. And yes, he's guilty. Because the thing is that he is going to do time for, at very least, the guns they found in his house. Because Romanian gun laws are extremely strict. They have basically no personal carry licenses. So just based on the guns they found at his place alone, he is doing time. But every time I heard Tate speak and saw his mannerisms, he was reminding me of a criminal that I had seen speak a long time ago. And I was trying to figure out who the hell did he remind me of? What was it? What is this weird kind of connection that I'm making? And I finally figured it out. <laughs> Part of the reason why I want to do this episode today, we'll reveal that later in the episode. But the way he acts is he acts sort of like criminal archetype, which I call the high energy controller. There's maybe four or five archetypes and this one is one of the most dangerous. The high energy control freak or the higher energy controller is someone obviously who's got boundless energy. This kind of person is always moving, always doing something, you know, they just seem to never have an off button. I'm sure you guys have met people like that in your life that they just have so much energy. They can never seem to just calm down. They're always doing something. And then if you take that and you pair it with this pathological need for control, and anytime you listen to his content, it's, he talks about control so much. He's got this whole thing about control. So you combine these two factors together and you have a recipe for one of the most dangerous criminal archetypes that exist in our society. In fact, one of the ways you can tell somebody has this controlling archetype is if they are obsessively working out and not, of course, just working out like a normal person with a normal exercise routine. You're talking about these people that always seem to be in the gym. That is an indication of a controlling personality. They're trying to control their body. They're trying to control it to the <laughs> nth degree. Another one, actually, not, I don't know. I don't know if this is anything reference tape, but this is just something maybe you guys want to know just for your own lives. Another one that is a big indication to me that somebody has this controlling personality is if they're obsessively cleaning, like people who want to keep all their space obsessively clean, keep everything in a certain way. That is definitely a big red flag for someone who has a controlling personality. So let's move on to the next part that I wanted to talk about. But yeah, I don't listen to tape. I can't listen to him because I can't hear what he's saying over the, my own internal alarm bell screaming in my head. But the more interesting thing to this whole arrest has been how his fans and how people in the red pill community are just so desperate to defend this guy to the point where they will say the most just horrific and ridiculous things and just completely deny evidence that's right in front of their faces. It's brutal. I have never seen anything like this happen to this degree. It's bizarre. All right, comrades, let me jump into what I really want to talk about with this episode, which is this absolutely surreal debate involving destiny and these other red pillars. I didn't know any of these people. This is on something called the Valuetainment Money Podcast. But Destiny clipped out some of the more poignant bits and posted them on his channel. And I ended up watching them. I'm not a huge Destiny guy. I'm not a huge watcher of his content. He's a guy I occasionally check in with. You know, he's a guy who I generally have respect for. I don't think if we were to meet in person, we would have very compatible personalities. But I, like a lot of people, probably first saw him through his StarCraft II videos 
because he was a Zerg player and I was a Zerg player. So I watched a lot of his stuff to try and get like tips, tricks and that kind of stuff. But he's evolved to a more political point in his content career, calls himself omni-liberal. It's probably another reason why we wouldn't see eye to eye as someone who is a socialist. I have a, a lot of fundamental disagreements with his worldview. But that being said, on this particular debate, on this particular podcast, holy smokes, he is doing the Lord's work. He's doing what I think a lot more left-leaning people need to be doing, which is getting out there, debating these ideas, confronting them head-on, and challenging them directly to their faces. A lot of these red pill types fall very deep into this echo chamber, and they think that everybody agrees with them all the time. It's important to make sure we're breaking into those echo chambers and shaking them up a little bit. And overall, I think he does a excellent job in this debate. Definitely holds his own, especially when everybody's coming at him. However, I think he falters a little bit on a couple points. I'm going to mention them, and I'm going to mention where I think he was wrong and where he slipped. But, oh man, some of these people just came out with the absolute worst, like, room temperature IQ takes I've ever heard in my life. And I won't lie to you guys, I would have given an arm to have been on this panel. Because one of my favorite things in the world is to be the only left-wing person in a room full of right-wing people, and they're all coming at me, and they're all screaming at me, trying to get me. God damn, does it make me feel alive. I debate anytime, anywhere. Well, actually not anytime, because I'm a pretty busy guy, so we'd have to work out something in advance. But anywhere, at our prescribed time, I'd love it. So let's watch some of these clips, and we'll break it down. All right, so let's begin here. And uh, this guy here, he cracks me up, because this guy reminds me of a generic tomb from cyberpunk or something like that. I think he espouses the kind of cyberpunk mentality, which is that the worth of a human being is essentially boiled down to how many eddies they have in their bank account. That's money for those of you who aren't cool. And he represents the materialistic wing of, I guess, the red pill movement. And this is the type that I have the absolute least amount of respect for. I'm not going to lie to you guys, I have very little respect for materialistic people and people who view the world through a materialistic lens. I've noticed that there are two camps of the red pill types, that there are those who are more invested in sort of the, I guess you could say like emotional and intellectual development of men in the sense of trying to help them understand the world around them better, trying to help them understand women better, trying to make them better with their money and find their goals in life and achieve those goals and that sort of thing. And I do have respect for that type of mentality. The second camp is, which this guy represents, which is the extreme materialism camp of the red pill, which is you got, the man's got to go out there, got to get the money, got to fuck the bitches, got to get everything, have all the stuff, have all the symbols of status and wealth and power and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I just don't have any patience for that kind of shit the hell now it's yeah. relaxed dude but you yeah. interviewed tate recently i think you were the last interview of tate before he went to jail okay so i want to get the panels basically take on a what are your thoughts on tate do you think these charges are trumped up do you think he's actually going to be seeing real legitimate jail time and what will the final outcome be you want to go first ladies? well i don't know all the facts of the case i'd like to say so i from what I understand, could you explain more about... Let's let the man yeah, who just did a breakdown... Don't... don't worry. Despite the fact that this woman does not have a very strong grasp of the facts of the case, she has very strong opinions on the matter. Quite frankly, I don't know why they brought this woman on the panel. It doesn't seem like she knows what she's talking about. 
She doesn't really offer any valuable or intelligent commentary. All that she does is just say stupid shit to try and stir the pot. But whatever. She's here. She's saying crazy shit. Uh, let's continue. Yeah, I don't know. So Andrew Tate is being accused of essentially he gets women into this like mind state where they're very much into him. And I think his goal is to get that woman to a dinner with another woman that works for him. He gets that woman to convince the other woman that is like in love with him to start camming and doing sex work. And I think he flies him out to I think they were doing their business in Romania. He basically has this like cam girl sweatshop set up in their basement where he's got all these women working and then he just keeps them strung along that way, like doing camming shit, defrauding them on their taxes and stealing money from them and doing that indefinitely and then there's also some of the charges i think accused of threats of physical and emotional abuse i think as well and then there was that one threat of or there was the rape thing too but i don't know if that was accused to andrew or if it just said that was about the four people so it might not have been andrew himself that was accused yeah but the the whole thing is that he said all of this on camera loudly and proudly so just to pause here this is one of the worst talking points i've heard from a lot of these tate defenders which is essentially that him announcing what he's done on camera is somehow a defense. That doesn't make any sense. Like, you guys understand that the number one way crimes are solved are not necessarily through evidence gathering. It's through confessions of the individual themselves. And not only that, you guys have to understand how many crimes are solved these days by morons posting the evidence that they did the crime on their social media. And this is exactly what Andrew Tate has done time and time again. He's posted more than enough evidence on his channel to strike the Romanian government's interest and begin investigating him. And I could tell you, this is just what he said on camera, right? Here's another thing that you guys have to understand. Any lawman worth his salt is gonna hear some of the shit that Andrew Tate says and say, this is what he's saying publicly, there must be tons underneath the surface there must be so much more deeper underneath the surface we need to start investigating and figuring that out meaning here is my business model case example you're a pretty girl you want to make some money you're doing only fans you're doing all types of video chatting things anyway okay come with me and you can make ten thousand dollars a wait. month. No, it yeah, there's one flaw. He's going for new girls. Yeah, not they girls weren't girls in the okay. industry. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So he's recruiting. You have existing salespeople and you have new salespeople. That's how businesses yeah. work. <laughs> I'm just I'm just boiling it down just, to the basic. Can I, can I ask Hear me a out. Hear me out. Before everyone jumps in, you can make ten thousand dollars a month in my business model, but I keep half. Or you can attempt to do it yourself, and you can make two thousand dollars a month, and you can do it and you keep 100%, here are your options. And that's the way that he's broken it down on camera multiple times. So he says, I've seen it consistently. Go out and try to do it on your own. You make less money. Come to me. You'll make more, but I'm also going to make some money. And that's how he made his fucking money, and that's his business model. The video Whether he for- was doing tax evasion, money laundering, coercion, that's another story. But he's been very open of that's what the business no, no, model the- Yeah, I really don't think that this guy is defending him in the way that he thinks he's defending him. But uh, let's continue. The the business model, he wasn't selling it. Or sorry, you want to talk about No, I just had a question about, so were the girls free to leave the whole time? That's, I think, a contentious point. I think there were logs leaked where there was talk of passport holding. And that's where the threat of physical and emotional violence come in. But I would have to see what the actual accusations are. And the accusations, what did they accuse him of? You said 
human trafficking no rape it was emotional you said something so there were four people that uh, i don't know there's been a new press release but the romania document announced four people andrew tate being one of them those four people uh, one of them was accused of rape there was to create a criminal organization there was uh, sex trafficking and then there was the money laundering but i don't think it said specifically who was charged with what that's my memory of it here's what i'll say and this is totally my opinion let's say andrew tate had a hundred girls working for him let's just say and 99 of them were free to leave, all good, do whatever you want, no issues whatsoever. And then there was this one girl who had fucking issues. There was a, she threw up in the house and wouldn't clean it up. I think Sneeko brought up this example. Yeah, that's right? what Andrew Tate's friend Sneeko said. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> what, I'm just saying. I'm giving, I, I, don't, I wasn't there. I'm not here to clean up the vomit. No, that's fine. I'm just saying I can see how this slippery slope happens. There's this one girl. 99 of the other girls are fine. They're making their money, whatever. Again, this is my opinion. This one girl does something wrong, throws up, disrespects, talks shit, whatever it was. And now there's an issue with this one girl. And they're going to take this issue with this one girl that he held her passport or he wronged her or he physically harassed her because this one girl was acting up. So now you want to take this one case and paint this broad brush around this dude that he's just raping and pillaging women galore and that to me is i think unfair okay because oh my god okay okay there's so much crap here that we need to say so let's just steel man this argument just for argument's sake let's say that yeah 99 percent of these girls were fine 99 of 100 of these girls were fine but there was one which was abused and coerced and potentially human trafficked to Romania under false pretenses. That's still a fucking crime, bud. You don't understand that all it takes is one. All you need is one. So even if, you know, we'll grant you that everything was fine with these other people, he still has to pay for the crime he's committed against that person. All right, let's continue. I don't right, wait, think that's have, what he was doing. Sh- First of all, I, get, I said that is my opinion. Sure. If what if he's doing what he said he did in his videos, he is a sex trafficker. Full stop. Like what? He says I mean. that he gets girls to fall in love with them. He says that he brings them to a dinner with another girl that's working for him with the express intent of that girl to convince this girl. Wait, but did to- she free? Which is exactly the same shit that Epstein did, by the way. Really choose to do it. it I just don't. I'm sorry. If I'm thinking, okay, I'm putting myself in these girls' shoes. I get a boyfriend, right? And the boyfriend convinces me to do cam work. That was my decision. That's that great that you think decision. that. That's personal cool. decision. No, personal responsibility. That's great that you think that. I, can you not cut me it's off? Can tra- you not cut me off? Like, I'm just tired. Uh, we're going to blame the men for your poor decision. You picked to do it. That's great that you feel that way, but it's still sex trafficking. Your personal feelings don't matter. That's by still the way, sex you're a European girl. Okay, 100%, 100% Disney's right here. And not only that, right? And this is another big point that they come up with, which is, oh, you got to hold the women accountable. Okay, you know, accountability for everyone is a good thing, right? We should all hold everybody accountable for their actions. Let's start by holding the man who lied to these women, who brought them over under false pretenses, and then when they got there, potentially took their travel documents so they couldn't leave, Okay. We're not going to hold him accountable. No accountability for that guy. But the girl who did literally nothing wrong, the only thing she did was she got on a plane. That's the person we need to hold accountable. It's just, it's such lunatic victim blaming. I don't understand how anyone could take it seriously. 
girl living in the former USSR, you have no other job options, and you're hot and you're young. Sure, or often times to start doing sex with Russia, though. They weren't complaining about the money. They weren't complaining about the money. But he was actively stealing from them. Yeah, he admits that. He does admit that. He literally said, when you're filling out these dumb women's tax forms, you can lie to them about the tax forms and take 20, 40% off the top. That is where I think you were right. That is where I think you were right. Hear me out. That is where I think they will get him. Yeah. Hold on, no. Even I think you discovered that point, even if they willing to trust all the time, it's still sex trafficking. I fly to another country, yeah. bring you to a country where you don't speak the language, lock no, you to a basement, that, and then tell that, you like, hey, stream and I'll cut you out. That's lawyer, sex trafficking. But it, for me, that's definition-wise, maybe you're right, okay, maybe you're okay. wrong. I don't know. That's great. That to me is not sex trafficking. That's fine. Because yeah. I agree with Pearl. This guy, so what, what a genius, eh? I, I, I don't know, you know, this guy, like he shot this other guy, he stopped breathing. I don't know if that's really murder. In my opinion, that doesn't really fit the definition of murder. I, These women knew what they were doing. They mm -hmm. knew what they were signing up for. They were free to leave. He wasn't holding their passports, but if he was skimming money off the top with taxes, yeah. that's what they'll sure. get you. So this is, these are the two stages, and I agree that's what you're going to say, because I know that's what all the Tate fans are going to say. First, they're going to say he didn't do it, and then when they said he did do it, and it's obviously clearly sex trafficking, then it's going to be, oh, okay, sure, he's sex trafficking, but it's okay. That's not even like real sex trafficking, or who cares about sex trafficking? They chose to go to another country like, where they didn't speak the language, he was stealing money from them, and they were locked what, in for the first time ever doing that? sex trafficking. So I, I have a question. So yeah. I, I don't know anything about the Romanian legal system. I don't know the definition yeah. of that. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't study sex trafficking. Okay. <laughs> it's not my area of expertise. But my question is, what is incorrect about that statement? Do you not think the women should take accountability for the choices that they made? They should. But that's besides the point. You can take accountability. Like, I'm not asking like, about what the punishment should be for the women. They probably um, were punished enough. I imagine if they worked and had money stolen from them. But we're talking about what, is, what Andrew Tate did, which is sex trafficking, right? There are probably women that make bad decisions. Allegedly. Allegedly. Why is it wrong if they freely chose to proven. do it? Why is it wrong if I get somebody in a relationship with me and then I'm able to flip that into them working as a prostitute for me? That's just such a brutal thing to say, right? Why is it wrong when they freely choose, chose to do it? Because he lied to them. Because he sold them a false bill of goods. That's why it's wrong. Again, no accountability for the person who fraudulently brought these people to a different country under circumstances which he definitely did not intend to follow through on. No accountability for that. But again, the woman who got on a plane, you know, just fucking crush her. Throw the buck at her. You know, what a dumb bitch. Why is it wrong if I get somebody in a relationship with me and then I'm able to flip that into them working as a prostitute for me? You freely chose to do it. I just think there's nobody. I couldn't date a single guy that could make me want to do that. That's great for I'm, you, but we're not, this isn't about you. But this story I, isn't but, about but you. Though. I love how passionate you are and the words you use, but we have to be careful. These aren't prostitutes. They are, they are hear me out. Sex workers. They're they camera doing cam girl shit. At any point, they can turn off their camera at any point, they can say, I don't feel like it today. But they're doing it to make money. This is a job so they can make money. OnlyFans. Now, o OnlyFans, hello. Except they're in another country where they don't speak the language. What do you mean they don't a... speak the language? This they're is like saying Europe. anybody at any time could go and buy and sell the right options, the right puts or calls to be a billionaire. That's true. But the hard part is making the picks, right? If you're flown to a whole other fucking country, you've got some dude that you think is your fucking boyfriend that's in love with you, and now you're doing sex work for the first time in your life you don't speak the language around here the guy's stealing money from you who knows if you even know how to fucking i'm sorry book unless these girls are beyond naive if they sure. see 99 other girls yeah. there okay cool they don't think this is my boyfriend and he loves that's me that's great and then again right here's the thing and i feel like these people like aren't they're not following through then they're not thinking through like the logical steps 
of what would happen, right? Andrew Tate recruits a woman, lies to her, essentially, uses the lover boy method to make her think that he's in love with her and she's the greatest thing since sliced bread and he's going to take care of her and life's going to be all hunky-dory, blah, blah, blah. So then he says, okay, come and visit me in Romania. They go there, they get there. Turns out everything he said was false. He's not going to be your boyfriend. And then all of a sudden, now that you're here, you're isolated, you're in the perfect position to be manipulated. And that's exactly what he does. He has a trained woman come in and basically sell the women on this idea of being a cam girl or whatever. And if they're able to do that, now all of a sudden you can escalate your control over them. And we see through a lot of the logs which have been revealed and a lot of things which have been said is that these cam girls did not have the opportunity to realistically stop doing what they were doing. If they tried to stop, Andrew or his brother would come in and basically scream at them or threaten them. And I think these people are hugely discounting the feeling of isolation you would feel in another country. And this guy's going, oh, it's Europe. Okay, you moron. Fucking Spain and Romania are the exact same country, exact same customs. It's pretty much the same language, right, guys? Like, even when you go on vacation to a foreign country that has a different language, and if even if you're with your friends or family, that experience can still be extremely isolating. When I went to Japan with Jasmine back in 2019, you know, I went with my wife, I know the language, I understand the culture, and I still felt isolated. And I was in the best position to, you know, all the positives to engage with the culture. And it was still at many times an isolating experience. Take that. And now you're in a foreign country. You don't know the language. You don't know the customs. You don't have any friends or family. You don't have anyone you can call. All that you've got is basically the word of these people around you. It doesn't take a genius to figure out how someone could feel very isolated and alone very quickly. And a lot of people find that, out they don't I'm care just, about sex not, trafficking, not, which I, is cool. I'm not saying like, I don't care about sex trafficking. Would you say that there's the Jeffrey Epstein sex trafficking and then there's the Tate thing and they're not even fucking close? Yeah, sure. Right? Wait, what is the definition of sex trafficking? I don't. Yeah. I, I just here's would think, Natalia. Here's, I, I would just think that it was that you aren't free to go. That's what I thought. Right. I thought it's only sex trafficking if, they, trafficking if they're underage or they can't leave. That's what okay. I thought. No, you there, said there's three there's, things? I believe there is. I watched some illegal breakdown. There's got to be physical pressure, physical violence, coercion, and one more. Force, fraud, 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 and coercion. Yeah, fraud yes. and coercion. Yeah, yeah. Force, so, so that's great. Force, fraud, coercion. Just remember those three things when it comes to trafficking. And I know he's going to try and defend it right here. But from everything that we've seen, it's pretty clear that all those three things exist in spades in this case because we don't know what the evidence that's the police all he, has. That's all he says she said right now. Right, well, right now, now. But right we now. don't know what evidence the police has. So that's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. I think the only reasonable position is to be agnostic until you see what develops with the case. Sure. Yeah. Here's, I think, I, here's, I think, the biggest point here. Tate has become famous for talking that shit on social media, on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram. And what, you know, what will make you famous will also, also fuck you might will fucking yeah. put your ass yeah. in jail. And that's the problem that he's having right now. I do this is I'll make my money. I'm a badass. It's, yo, this guy's sick. Let me follow this guy. Uh, you're going to jail for the exact same reason. 
That's the problem that he's going to have. That's not what he's going to jail for. Yeah, what are you talking? He's That's sa- such bullshit. He said... He's going to jail because he's in an Eastern European country that wants to be taken seriously on the world stage, and he's bragging about sex trafficking in the fucking country. That's why he got charged he's going to jail. That's exactly, literally my point. Exactly what- and here, I want to talk a little bit about the Romanian public and what they think and how they see the case, because this is something I've been looking into. And one thing that is very evident is that the Romanian public doesn't give two fucks about Andrew Tate. They don't know who this guy is. They don't give a crap about his ideology or anything like that. What they do care about is the fact that their country has been used as a haven for sex traffickers since the collapse of the Iron Curtain. This is something the Romanian public wants their government to be looking into and taking seriously. Obviously, if you have this high-profile figure bragging about bringing girls over to an Eastern European country that has a history of sex trafficking, then as the authorities, you might want to be looking into this. And as a Romanian citizen, you would be asking your authorities to be looking into this. Sex trafficking in the fucking country. That's why he got charged he's going that's to jail. Exactly, literally that's my point. Exactly but, that's not, but Andrew Tate isn't known for telling young men how to sex traffic. He's known for challenging the Matrix and challenging the system. No, no, but he now people are trying to, that's, people that's are trying not to, true. He's he, been, he, he has a whole about that. Yeah. He might have been talking about it, but that's not why he gained popularity. And that's not why people are saying he's being targeted by Romania or the Western world. People are saying, oh, they're targeting because he's telling young men no, how to break free the Matrix. The point he's making is the fact that he's bragged about it so much publicly is what's going to bug him in that. If you want to know what I think Tate stands for, what I actually think he stands for, it's not, okay, he talks about the Matrix and the system, and he has very loudly talked about how he makes his money and the cam girls, and he talks about you know, whether he's toxic masculinity, what he's labeled as. What I actually think Tate stands for is just male self-improvement. Getting in the gym, going to, being a badass, making money, and if you make the money, you get the women, you get the Bugattis. But he's talking about becoming a better version of yourself. But nobody wants to talk about that. They want to talk about him being a sex trafficker. They want to talk about him doing all the fucking ridiculous things out there. That, to me, is his message. But it gets masked all this other nonsense. So here's my next question. Okay, again, that is not his main message. There are a billion fucking dudes out there saying the same shit. Go to the gym, get your finances in order. This, there's nothing new about that. What is new and distinctive about Andrew Tate is how he takes that message, and then on top of it, he puts fraud, coercion, and deception. Like, he didn't get famous for his just exercise message. And this guy fucking knows it. His fans fucking know it. Because, again, there's absolutely no shortage of dudes out there giving that message. Question to you. Let's say Tate is innocent. Let's just say Tate is innocent. Go with me here. Just Who do you think is pulling the strings trying to get him set up and put in jail? Go with me here. Who do you think is, do you think it's corporations? Do you think it's, it's governments? Greta, for sure. Do you think it's Greta Thunberg? Do <laughs> you think it's the World Economic Forum? Do you think it's the U.S. government? Because let's just say Tate's innocent. And he hasn't done any of this. Let's, innocent until proven guilty, ladies and gentlemen. Who do you think is saying, this fucking Tate guy, we got to bring this motherfucker down? I don't, think there needs to be, I don't think there needs to be a big conspiracy. I think it can be as simple as either a prosecutor. That's funny, right? I talked about this in the last episode where 
the right is very susceptible to conspiracy thinking. And with Andrew Tate, that's all it's in full gear. You can say all the conspiracies coming out right now with these guys. Computer doesn't like him and makes the wrong decision. Sometimes police mess up. Or it could be the U.S. Embassy put a little pressure on Romania. That could have also happened. But I don't think there's this big international conspiracy. So you don't on. think it's as, it goes to some top no, World Economic Forum no, matrix I, I situation? Charles Schwab. Charles Schwab. <laughs> Charles Schwab. <laughs> Chuck no. Schwab. I've heard that name so much. World but... Economic Forum. No, you'll be, uh, you'll own nothing and be happy. I'm not that deep into the red pill yet. There's like layers. So I haven't hit the, like they call it the deep state. Yeah. Right? Isn't that the Pizzagate? Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, you're familiar that. with this. Yeah, I don't really think that her thinking has gone too deep into anything. It's very easy to say, let's just wait for the case. This, How about this? Let's just keep it simple. Do you think that Tate, who has taken the internet by storm over the last six, 12 months, do you think he's a net negative or a net positive for society and specifically young men? What do you think, Alex? I would say net positive overall. Net positive. Yeah. Why? There's some things he says that are a little cringe that I disagree with, but overall about making men more masculine, taking accountability, working out, getting your finances in order, those are all good messages. Fully agree. And how about so you, many people You've interviewed him, that. you sat with him, you're the last one of us to actually see him in the flesh. Net negative or net positive for society? I would say net positive. I think most of his message is about self-improvement. I agree. So, yeah, I would say net yeah. positive. But it's easy to call him a chauvinist and misogynist but that's a negative thing these days is mm -hmm. telling men to improve how about you back to you do you think he's a net what do you think net negative or net i positive? say net do we need another guy here saying go to the gym get your finances in order be a man I, I don't know how much like uniqueness he's offering there that's valid you um, have to admit that he's very unique bro is he really like he is in like the hyper consumerist look at all my fucking cars sense but, I, like, I don't know i think that's i think that's bullshit i think if he yeah, was just okay. everywhere, the message would be all the guy fucking talks about is his material wealth. It's like his number one talking point. Just as who do you want your 11 year old son to admire and you can't say a video gamer? I can't say a video game? Can't say it. Who do you want your 11 year old? This goes back to the young destiny of who he was gonna look up to. If it's not someone like Tate, who do you want your 11 year old son looking up to these days? Damn, I, it's, I would say that probably it would be relevant to whatever career he wanted to go into. He has so 11 he years old, to... he gives a shit about career. Well, yeah, so right now <laughs> so he looks up to like fucking being... movie characters. He likes Spider-Man okay. and shit like that. So okay. I think like Marvel superheroes are probably okay for a kid to right. look up That's to. That's fair. Yeah. So a lot of young kids would say that he's the closest <laughs> thing to that in real life. Boxer, badass, smart, good with women, driving Bugattis, living in mansions, smoking cigars, fuck you up and fuck your girl. Kind of a badass. Yeah, but like five out of nine of those things. Like I don't want my kid fantasizing about Bugattis, mansions, people love girls or yeah bugatti <laughs> bugatti is just a means to an end it means you've made money and so you have a bugatti listen i have enough money to buy a nice supercar i'd rather just keep my money in the bank because i'd like ubering everywhere it's just a it's just a sign of wealth it's not i don't believe like, it's a little no. excessive to have i've got 19 supercars it's I only really need one. You can't, I, when you okay. make that the focal point so often, I, I don't agree. think you can retreat behind the, oh no, I'm just saying this will happen as a result of your wealth. I this agree. is like the goal for a lot of <laughs> I people. I agree, but I think a lot of it is that's his character chore. Right? It wouldn't be surprised okay, me. That's what it gives young didn't... men something to strive for. Yeah, I don't strive for Bugatti. Why, why is it wrong? Okay, I grew up in the most. They, the comments will always say these are the cheapest rich people I've ever seen. They all, y'all rich, but you look broke. Who? <laughs> Us? No, the comment section. My family. Uh, so I'm. Us? I grew up Shit. around. I grew up around frugal rich people. Like yeah. I understand the concept, but it's just like, why is it bad for men to want to strive to have twenty supercars? Because like, I because putting you in a mindset where you think that material things are going to improve your life like spiritually or improve your life in like a holistic like psychological sense it's just it's a path that i've watched so many people go down before you spent the first half of this program not... and to go back to what he's saying to one of our themes 
right? That there is the two areas that you can go down, that most people go down in life, the path of hedonism or the path of asceticism. And we talked about how I think the left has a bad tendency to really focus on that ascetic path. And it tends to lead them to a lot of things like, you know, beating themselves up, feeling guilty for things that they shouldn't feel guilty for and that kind of stuff. But the right here is they're just talking about, he, this chick is just talking directly about going down that path of hedonism. And uh, like Alan Watts says, all that going down that path of hedonism is just going to leave you with is a hangover. It's not going to leave you as a spiritually fulfilled human being. That's a part of the reason why I have difficulty taking this materialistic attitude seriously. I remember back in the day, but I read the, I don't know if you know, the Oikonomicus. You guys, if you've ever read that one, that's a, a Socratic dialogue. And that one changed my life because it's all about Socrates. And just so you know, the, the Oikonomics, it means a household affairs or, you know, household business or whatever you want to say. But in any case, in that dialogue, Socrates is talking to the wealthiest man in Athens. And at one point, he estimates that this man probably has 300 times the material wealth that Socrates does. And if you guys don't know, Socrates was known to not exactly have the highest amount of material wealth, lived a pretty bare bones life, pretty frugal life. But in the argument, Socrates argues this wealthy Athenian businessman down to the point where he admits that Socrates is actually wealthier than he is because Socrates' point is that in order to live a happy and fulfilled and satisfied life, I need less to get there than you do. You need more wealth to reach happiness. And because of that, I am ultimately wealthier than you. And I've always found that to be a very powerful message to focus on internal satisfaction and happiness outside of the need of material wealth. I have to say that's the only thing, but can no, you, acknowledge, is, can't you yeah. acknowledge that there is some benefit in striving to make a lot of money? No, never. Yes. I don't no, think no, no, if no, you're no. selling to a young man ever, it would never be like, if you do this, you can have a supercar. That would never be part of your talking points. I act like you're talking to someone that, that has nitpicking. Oh. nitpicking. Yes. 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 This is like half of the fucking videos that circulate with him on the internet. It's like, too much, look at my stuff that he talks For some reason, I'm like obsessed with this straw man argument thing because you've used it a few times. This is literally what bro. Here you go. You only can talk at one time. Okay. You're talking to somebody that doesn't have a car okay. because he doesn't want to fucking drive and I like being Ubered around. But I could buy a Maserati for a hundred sure. grand, no problem. But I prefer not to. Okay. So for me to defend Tate, just understand the fact that I'm not a car guy. It message is not about the Bugatti. The Bugatti is the reward after doing everything he talks about in his message. Becoming better, faster, stronger, cooler, wealthier, sexier, healthier, all that then you can get the Bugatti. But don't get lost in the sauce. That is the message. And once you make the money and get the fame and get the success, if you want to go buy a fucking what color is your Bugatti, go for it or buy 19. But to say, oh, Tate, he's got a bad message because of the Bugatti, that's the carrot at the end like to bait you. But that's not the reason that you're in the gym every day. That's not the reason that you're working your ass off. That's not the, easy, the reason that you're trying to improve. It's just, it, that's why I was saying it's like a straw man argument that it's all about material. It's not. That's like the payoff at the end. But like the, the essence of what he's doing is male self-improvement. And I think you would agree with that, no? That's the biggest cope I've ever heard in my life. Cope? <laughs> yeah. Oh. That, that was so mean? much. 
So I'm actually going to shock you guys here. And I actually kind of agree with the other guy a little bit here. And I think Destiny slipped up and he fell into their trap where they want the left to say that Andrew is bad because he has the cars or because he works out and that kind of stuff. They want to say that he's bad because he's achieved these things. It's not that he's bad because he's achieved these things. It's because he's achieved these things through a fraudulent and coercive way. Not only that, takes that message and then spreads it amongst a lot of people who are then going to spread that corruption further and further. But again, Destiny is right because there is a considerable amount oh, of cope in cope there too. What? What? Where are the videos showing that if you live like a fulfilling life, this is what awaits you at the end. Maybe it's a happy marriage. Maybe it's like good friendships. Like maybe it's like family that you love and care for. Maybe it's like participation in your community. Yeah, but maybe, if you're talking to an 18 year old kid, what are you, they what's your family? What are you talking about? They want to that's fucking fine. get laid that's and get okay. paid. Sure, that's that's fine. fine. You sound but like a girl. Laid, if get laid <laughs> and get paid. Like that's like what girls say. If, are you calling Destiny no, a girl? No, these are the Christian <laughs> conservative values that you guys hide behind when you want clicks, but none of you actually give a fuck about, okay? This is what is actually- A hundred percent to that that that's the thing right they the christians they always talk about family values they talk about eschewing material wealth and you know these are like the actual the christian christians right the old school social conservatives that kind of stuff engaging with your community being more involved in your community that this girl like says oh that's what that's what the, it makes you sound like a girl so are christian conservative values like feminine values now is that what you're saying this is what they actually talk well, Christian, about. If you've ever been in a church you your entire life, about okay? Jesus. You, I when I say you talk... guys, red pill in general, are all what doing you... this Christian stuff. I'm not a red pill guy. I interview a lot you... of red pill. You're talking about... And again, right? A lot of conservative values are based upon the Judeo-Christian ethic, right? And when they're when conservatives are talking to other conservatives, they will try and build their arguments off of those pillars because it essentially tells them that we're all in the same club together and we agree on the same principles as to how our society is founded. Fulfillment, self-improvement, all these things, okay? I've if your eyes, about if you're trying to sell somebody a car at 18 and that's where the focal point is, 19, 20, 21, do you think that magically at 25, they're gonna be like, oh shit, I've had my eyes on the car the whole time, but man, I've got a lot more fulfillment in my life now. Like, yeah, that's not dude. Gonna happen. I, I used to want to fuck a million girls and I have a girlfriend. Yeah, of course. Your attitudes change as you get older. He's preaching traditional masculinity, which is attractive to a lot of men. It's like the James Bond type of fantasy. It's, yeah, good with girls, good at fighting, have a nice car. But yeah, you get at some point where you experience that and it gets old and maybe you do settle down or maybe you do. And I actually agree again with this guy. I think Destiny slipped up a little bit here and again fell into a trap, right? That people, when they're young, they can't overcome their more materialistic attitudes. Don't. I, I've just, but what I you're saying is not going to sound sexy. Personally, anyway. There are so many people that fall down the consumerist hole. I've seen it happen time and time. Yeah, that, that would be like family. my one criticism of Andrew Tate too. But that is like his major fucking selling point. I don't think point. so. And that's what Adam is defending. Yeah, it's look at the cars. Like the car is the prize. No, but eventually I, I you'll get the car as a result of this. That's why I said that I'm not a car guy, so I can't. And another thing you'll notice when Andrew Tate fans are trying to attack somebody or slam them, that is the first thing that they'll go to. They'll be like, where's your car? Where's your Bugatti? Where's your mansion? Blah, blah, blah. They will try and slam you on the material wealth aspect. And again, this is because their fundamental ideology is that the value of a human being is boiled down to how much money you have and how much stuff you have. So that's going to be the end of the major clip. There were a couple things that I wanted to just briefly mention before we wrapped up. I don't know who this woman is, but I wish that they had switched her out for whatever her name is, because 
even though I don't agree with her, she was way more articulate and way more intelligent than she was. And she actually had some more poignant things to say. And she wasn't there just trying to stir the pot. She was actually trying to have a conversation and engage. So I just want to give a shout out to her and say like, why did they not switch them out for this panel? That would have been a way better debate and a way better experience. So before we move to the last segment of the show, I just wanted to play one last clip. This is from a different Destiny bit, but this is just an indication of now, because that debate was about 10 days old, and this is a little bit newer, we can see the devolution from there of Tate Fan, because there was definitely a ton of cope in that debate when it came to Andrew Tate. And what I really feel like I'm watching is like a, a fish, you know, flopping around on the deck of a boat, desperately trying to get back into the water. That's why I feel like with all the crap that these guys are throwing out there, they're just flopping around. And anyway, this is the new talking point that the Tate fans are going with. This is in reference to these bombshell, quote unquote, I hate that fucking word, the bombshell. Like another, another thing is like the bombshell, like why do you always talk about the bombshell? Like the bombshell's nothing. It's just like the housing component for the bomb. It's like, we got this bombshell report. Okay, so you've got like an empty husk <laughs> with nothing in it. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, I've always hated that fucking term. But in any case, so they had these uh, recordings come out where basically Andrew Tate was saying like some just ridiculous, like ridiculously psychopathic things like, you know, you're so lucky to get F by me. The less enjoyment you had, it increased my enjoyment. Am I, am I, am I a monster for feeling that way? And now in reference to these recordings that have come out, these guys, these defenders are just saying that it's AI. It's AI. It's a deep fake. And that's all I need to say. Debunked. So let's go into this clip exaggerated his his accents like masculinity right yeah they over it's like they over exaggerated it and some of the stuff he said is okay what would andrew tate say let me just think of what it, yeah. to me i think it's ai i think they're fake now man. now i have a clip from andrew talking right so i want you to play that clip it's in the chat if you don't mind chris and then play the audio again because to me personally bro oh. it sounds like someone put ai and th they thought what he's gonna say yeah. and they just said it and dude he, even his, his accent, his fluctuations, is weird, bro. It's like, it's it's like Photoshop, yeah. only on the sound it's side. Played the audio. I don't know, bro. To me, if he's like it's AI, it could be wrong. But I'm just saying from like my experience and I've, what I've been hearing, and even Mo, is telling you, bro. The, we said that. The, the more you didn't like it, the more I enjoyed it. Yeah. Love how much you hate it. Turn me on. Why am I like that? So why? I am one of the most dangerous men on this planet. Sometimes you forget exactly how lucky you were. You get by me. Would you rather me pin you down and make you do things you didn't like, or would you rather fuck? You I'm didn't really like. Wrong. I don't know who that, who that is, bro. Well, but it's 2023, man. Technology yeah. makes that possible. Let me let me say this. Oh Let's assume God. it's his voice. Okay. Yeah. Let's assume those text messages are real. Let's assume everything that they're saying is real. I want to know why is he sending voice memos like that that are incriminating in nature? If the girl's actually a victim, right? Boom. There you go. There you go. I don't know. Why does he have an entire? Sorry, Destiny, I'm going to cut you off here. I'll tell you why. Because he didn't think he was going to get fucking caught. You moron. That's why every criminal does every criminal action is because they think that they're not going to get caught. And another thing, the recordings do sound a little bit weird. And what I think has happened is I think that they've been cleaned up a bit. Is I think that there may have been some background noise or maybe the recordings were quiet. And I think that someone has gone in and like audio engineered it to make Andrew Tate's voice sound louder and decrease some of the, maybe the background noise that is out there. Again, I could be wrong, 
But when I hear those recordings, that's what it sounds like to me. It's just that they've been cleaned up so you can actually hear what he's saying. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this clip here. But the fact of the matter is this happens all the time. And the main reason is because they didn't think he was going to get caught. He didn't think that people would have access to these recordings. They didn't think that people would be able to find them and be able to publish them. They just thought that they were going to remain under wraps forever, essentially. And in the era we live in now, and I mentioned this before, the fact of the matter is so many crimes are solved by perusing the suspect's Facebook page or perusing their social media because there are so many people that will just post all their incriminating activities online and not just petty criminals, but people who are career criminals and have spent their entire lives engaged in criminal activity will still do stupid shit like this because they want to brag about how much of a badass they are. All right, comrades, so let's enter the final segment of the show. And I mentioned that there was something about Tate that really was almost like familiar to me. Like I, I got the same vibes from him from watching somebody else speak. And it took me a while before I could finally figure out who exactly he reminded me of. And then it finally clicked. That person Andrew Tate reminds me of is none other than Charles Manson. And you might be thinking, what the hell are you talking about? Charles Manson? Come on, that's extreme. Hear me out, guys. I'm going to play, unfortunately, a couple clips for you guys. I'm not going to monetize this episode now, but in any case, I got a couple clips here for you from two particular Charles Manson interviews. And just tell me you don't get that same vibe. Just tell me that there isn't a lot of eerie similarities in the way that these two people conduct themselves and the way that they talk and the energy that they have. I'm just going to move myself over here for these clips, but this one is from the 1993 interview with Charles Manson and Diane Sawyer. If, and that's a big word because I don't probably ever use those words like if and maybe. I'm not insecure about anything. But if you have a thought in your mind about what I'm thinking, is that what I'm thinking? Or is that what you're thinking I'm thinking? Everyone says, we know what you were doing with all those women. I said, no, you know what you would have been doing with all those women, and you think that's what I would be doing with all those women because that's what you need to think now. Okay, that's the first clip. I think that one kind of speaks for itself. Let's go to the next one. Okay, this next clip is from 1987. This is a Today News interview. And yet he says in all his conversations with you, he never heard you express remorse. Have you never felt it? Remorse for what? You people have done everything in the world to me. Doesn't that give me equal right? I can do anything I want to you people at any time I want to, because that's what you've done to me. If you spit in my face and smack me in the mouth and throw me in solitary confinement for nothing, what do you think's gonna happen when I get out of here? So with that clip, can't you just see Andrew just saying something like that when this is all over? I could do whatever I want to you people. This is what you've done to me. My vengeance is coming. My retribution is coming. One of the things that both Andrew Tate and Charles Manson did is they both try and convince their follower that they're special, that they somehow have some sort of higher knowledge or divine purpose or higher calling than the average person. And I always wondered if Charles Manson existed today and had access to 
things like Facebook and Twitter and social media and YouTube, he would have been exponentially more dangerous. And another thing these guys had is they both had their fervent defenders. Obviously, we just went through Andrew Tate's fervent defenders. But when Charles Manson was going through his trial, he had his defenders as well. He had defenders from his cult that would frequently show up to the trial and harass people and advocate for him. And then, of course, he had Manson's girls who would just go to bat for him no matter what. they die for him. And that's why I feel like when I watch a lot of these red pillars going to bat for Andrew Tate, I feel exactly like they're, they're Charles Manson's girls going to bat for him. It's the exact same type of thought process. And in terms of the other clip, I can feel like this is one of the defenses he's going to make type of thing. Or this is one of the things he will say, or at least other people will say, is that you can't tell what I've been doing with these women. This is what you think that I've been doing with these women because this is what you do, right? And you're not me. And I can definitely see both of these things coming out of Andrew Tate's mouth. In fact, we're going to end this show on a little game that I invented, which is who said it? Charles Manson or Andrew Tate? All right, so let's begin our first quote. So our first quote here is, pain isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing. It teaches important lessons. Who said it? Andrew Tate or Charles Manson? In this case, this quote belongs to none other than Charlie Manson. So how'd you guys do? Did you get it? Did you not get it? Let's move on to the next one. The next one is, I knew it was the police. I've done some things when I had to pay the bills. So I'm trying to hide shit. Who said it? Manson or Tate? In this case, this was Andrew Tate. Guys think that one was too easy? How about this one? One of the most basic fundamentals of reality is for something to live, something else must die. Give you guys a couple seconds. And this one was Andrew Tate. All right, guys. So for the next one, I'm interested to see what you guys will think. This one is, I'm telling you, if you're going to move, do it right. Put your heart and soul in it. Don't half-ass it. This one was none other than Charlie Manson. Next on the list, we have, I live and die by my words. I have all my life. I keep my word. My word is my bond. In case you were wondering, this one is another Charles Manson quote. So I got a rough one next for you guys. This quote is, I'm breathing and you're not. So I'm more successful than you. Well, I do think that there is one word in particular that may give this quote away, but this is, in fact, an Andrew Tate quote. So what is our next quote? The next one is, absolutely every single one of my actions is intentional, divine purpose. This one we can see is from Andrew Tate. And I think it's interesting because one of the clips that we saw Charles Manson essentially said the same thing, just with slightly different wording. Now, this is a really interesting one, and I'd love to see what you guys have to say about it. Our next quote, We fought a revolution in 1776, one that guarantees the rights of the individual, from the farmer 
to the average man in the street. Who do you guys think said it? In this case, it was Charles Manson. All right, so I've got one final quote for you guys. This is going to be the last one to wrap things up. And it's a doozy. Women are nice, so long as they keep their mouth shut and do what they're told. Who do you think said it? Well, in this case, it doesn't matter who you chose. It's a trick question. Because they both said it. And with that, guys, I am done with the show for the day. It ended up being a long one, but like I said, there was a lot of crap I wanted to talk about. Not to mention the meds are finally starting to wear off and my sore throat's starting to come back. But this is going to be the only episode I really want to talk about. Andrew Tate, I just want to make one episode about it. Definitely not going to be like a theme or anything like that. Moving forward in the show, I don't think I'm going to touch it unless something big happens in the case. I just wanted to examine some of the absolutely mind-blowing defenses that we have been seeing coming out for Andrew Tate. And uh, yeah, it puts us in a very wild position, but ultimately I just feel like so many similarities between this and Charles Manson and how Charles Manson influenced people and brought him into his own sphere and how he made them defend him under virtually any circumstances. It's a similar thing that's happening here, but it's also different because we're talking about something that is definitely more global, right? We're talking about a message that is spread through social media, which in some ways makes it more dangerous. And uh, like I said before, God, I can't imagine what Manson would have been capable of if he had the technology that we have today. So yeah, kind of, I guess, a darker episode. I don't have a feel-good story for you guys, mainly because this has been a longer episode and I want to wrap things up. So I am going to leave things there for now. And with that, I want to thank you guys for watching. This has been The Comrade, signing off for now. Till next time, you guys take care.